Well, howdy there, fuckface. Welcome to episode 69 of Scatcast. This week we have three classic stories. Well, two of them. Two classic stories and a terrible, god-awful fucking, you know, piece of shit story. Scatcast 69, go. Check out a new season of Dave Nengus Watch only in Patreon. You cunts. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scott Kessner's Rides. Really fairy tales, but whatever. Hi there, you little reflections of your parents' irredeemable mediocrity. Hello. It's time for another news fairy ride. Oh, baby, okay. Oh, yes, you will listen to this 135-year-old story, and you will like it. This is The Selfish Giant by Oscar Wilde, and it's about dumb children like you. Once upon a time, every afternoon, as they were coming from school, the children used to go and play in the giant's garden. <laughs> Yay! I'm gonna take a shit in that bird bath. Do it. And it was a lovely garden with soft green grass, and here and there, over the grass, stood beautiful flowers like stars. I'm going to piss on these flowers. Do it. And there were 12 peach trees that in the springtime broke out into delicate blossoms of pink and pearl, and in the autumn bore rich fruit. Peaches look like butts. Yeah. And the birds sat on the trees and sang so sweetly that the children used to stop their games in order to listen to them. Shut the fuck up, birds. Yeah. And they cried to each other. I love it here. Yeah, this garden's fun. I'm going to throw rocks at birds. Do it. But you see, the giant wasn't home. Hey, you guys, that castle is abandoned. Yeah. I'm going to go steal shit. Do it. But to keep these children innocent, let's say they didn't. You didn't do it. I was going to, but the narrative Reader's a bitch. Yeah, I heard that. Ignore us. Get it. But one day the giant came back. Oh, it's nice to be home. For he had been to visit his friend the Cornish ogre. Actually, he's my cousin. You see, I'm half ogre. No one cares. The oh, giant had okay. stayed with the ogre for seven years. What? He had a pool. And after the seven years were over, he had said all he had to say, no. for his conversation was limited. We basically just talked about baseball. And upon arriving at his castle, he saw the chitrons playing in the garden. Is that kid shitting in my bird bath? Do it. What the fuck are you kids doing here? The giant cried in a very gruff voice. The fuck a midloaf, bitch it off. <laughs> and the naughty but still innocent chitron ran away. One of them with a poopy butt. Yeah. And with his garden to himself again, the giant said, My shit is my shit. Anyone can understand that. He grumbled about private property rights. And I will allow no one to play in my garden but me. And so after getting a permit, he built a high wall around it and put up a notice board. This ought to keep those little bird bath shitting fucks out. And the sign said, Long-haired freak of people. What? Need now to apply. No, it doesn't. Yeah, my bad. It says trespassers will be ground into bread. No, it says prosecuted. He was a very selfish giant. How's it selfish to care about private property? And now the poor, poor children had nowhere to play. Oh, yeah, my garden's the only place kids can play. Well, I tried to play on the road, but people are dicks. Hey, watch out, I'm playing. Oh, yeah, we're playing. Oh, excuse me, kids, come on. And everywhere they went to play, they were hustled out. Maybe if I stop shitting everywhere. Don't do it. So they found themselves just wandering around the giant's high wall when their lessons were over. I missed the garden. Yeah, I gotta take a shit. And they reminisced about the garden and wondered why their friend pooped so much. Is it scurvy? Then the spring came, and all over the country there were little blossoms and little birds. But for some reason, in the garden of the selfish giant, it was still winter. Yeah, again, it's my private property. That doesn't make me selfish. And the birds didn't care to sing in that selfish cunt's fucking garden no more because there were no chickens. You're not hearing me. I'm not selfish because I own something. And even the trees hated that selfish cunt and forgot to blossom. Oh, damn, dude. And even this little beautiful flower put its head out from the grass, but when it saw that there was no chitron around, it slipped back into the ground again and went off to sleep. Yeah, this is not how botany works. Yeah. The only people that were pleased were the snow and the frost. Yeah, snow and frost aren't people. Did I mention this was a magic fairy tale? Fuck. So snow and frost were talking to each other. Yeah, spring has forgotten this place. The snow cried. Now we should live here year round. The frost said. Yeah, and so the snow covered up the grass with their great white cloak. It's actually a mucus that comes from my winter gland. No, wrong show. And the frost painted all the trees silver. This is our turf now. And they invited the north wind to stay with them. Hey, north wind. Now what? Hey, you should come live in our new pad. I don't know. I'm pretty busy making witches' tits cold. I gotta check.
check it out. We got the best spot. Yeah, except for somebody took a shit in the bird bath. Right, except for that. I'm not cleaning that. All right, I'll check it out. And the north wind came, wrapped in furs, and he roared all day about the garden. You guys were right. This is a pretty nice spot. He said as he blew over the giant's garden things, you know, like pots and statues. God damn it, doesn't anyone in this story respect other people's shit? And the snow and the frost and the north wind were so pumped, they were like, we gotta get our buddy Hale in on this shit. Hey, Hale, you gotta check out our new flop house. Okay. And he did, and every day for three hours, he rattled on the roof of the castle till he broke most of the slates. You were right, this place is the cat's asterisk. And he ran around the garden smashing shit up. Well, at least that kid's not shitting in my bird bath. And the giant sat there and he watched this carnage and he said, I can't understand why the spring is so late in coming. He said, sitting at the window and looking at the cold white garden. Well, at least they don't have to mow the lawn. But other than that, he longed for the weather to change. I'm not looking forward to getting that shit out of the bird bath, though. But the spring never came, nor the summer. Dumb. And the autumn gave golden fruit to every garden, but to the giant's garden, she gave none. He's too selfish. Autumn said as she blew leaves everywhere. How am I the selfish one? You're the ones that feel like you can do whatever you want with other people's shit. The selfish cunt said. Oh, for fuck it. And so it was always winter in his garden, and the north wind and the hail and the frost and the snow danced about through the trees. Those are my fucking trees. Now, one morning, the giant was lying awake in bed when he heard some lovely music. What is that, Metallica? But it wasn't Metallica. It was a single bird singing outside his window. Yeah, but it sounds like it's singing Metallica. The selfish jerk-ass said. God damn it. The music sounded so sweet in his ears because it had been so long since he heard a bird sing. That shit's beautiful, man. Then the hail stopped dancing over his head and the north wind ceased roaring. Oh, finally. Then it smelled a beautiful smell. Oh, I think spring has come at last. And the giant jumped out of bed, stubbing his big toe. <laughs> but when he contained himself, he looked out the window and what did he see? Ah, oh, fuck, the children are back. The children were back. God damn it. Through a little hole in the wall, the children had crept in. I was meaning to get that fixed. And they were all sitting in the branches of the trees. Yeah, that's not good for the trees. And literally every single branch of every single tree had a little chitron on it. But I see there's more shit in the bird bath. And there was, but where else is a chitron supposed to poop? Yeah, literally anywhere else. Oh yeah, well the trees were happy to have the chitron back again. Oh my god. And so sensing the love and the innocence of a chitron, they started to bloom. Yeah, that's not how anything works. And the birds returned and the grass started to grow. Fucking ridiculous. And fully bloomed flowers burst from the dirt. Oh, come on. It was a lovely, magical scene. In my yard. But only in one corner was it still winter. What's this? I'm getting there, goddamn. Uh, well, I'm looking at it. It was the farthest corner of the garden, and in it was standing a little boy. Probably the one shitting in the bird bath. Now, this child was so small, he could not reach up to the branches of the tree. So he was wandering around it, crying like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, now, the tree he was standing under was quite covered with frost and snow, and the north wind was blowing and roaring above it. This sucks. Now, it says here a tree started to talk to him. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and the tree said, Climb me. I'm sorry, what? Climb me. And the tree bent its branches down as low as it could, but the boy was still too tiny. Oh, no. He wasn't too tiny to climb into my bird bath. But the giant's heart melted as he looked out. What? Why? Why would it? No, it didn't. But the giant realized how selfish he had what been. What helped me? And because he was a selfish cunt who had a change of heart for some reason. I have not heard a compelling reason. He realized why spring had not come there because he was a dick. For not just opening up my yard to everybody. He realized he was a dick. Ugh. And he had a 180 degree turn in character and decided, hey, I'm going to help that chitrin get up on top of that there fucking tree, baby. What? And then the giant decided to knock down the wall. No, then there'll be more people in my fucking yard. And then he decided to knock down the wall because of the change of heart he had because he's a selfish cunt. Ugh. Do you want spring back or not? God damn it. And then he declared that his garden would be the chitrin's playground forever and ever. What? No. Forever and ever. Ugh. For he was very sorry for what he had done. I'm more angry at the parents. So he went downstairs and went into the garden. Uh, hey, chitrin. But when the chitrin saw him, they were so frightened that they all ran away and the garden became winter again. Oh, for fuck's sake. No way. But the little boy under the tree that shit in the birdbath didn't run. Uh. For his eyes were so full of tears he couldn't see shit. And the giant stole up behind him and took him gently in his hand and put him up into the tree. I know you're the one that shit my birdbath. And the chitron's eyes dried up and the tree began to blossom. Right, dumb magic stuff. And the birds came out and sang and shit and the little boy stretched out his arms and flung them around the giant's neck. <laughs> 
Get off me, yeah, Chit! Get off me! You. And the other Chitin, when they saw the giant was wicked no longer, they came running back and then came spring. Oh, good, there's more. And the giant decided to say to the Chitin, it's their garden now. No, no! He was compelled to tell the Chitin that they get their way again. But why? Because reasons, you selfish cunt. Oh, it's your garden now, Chitin. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we want your house next. No, oh, come on! And the giant took a great axe and knocked down the wall. I just built that wall. We already decided, now knock down the wall. It took me two and a half years to get the zoning rights to build this wall. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 eventually knocked down the wall. Gotcha. And from then on, when people were going to the market at 12 o'clock, they found the giant playing with the chitron in the most beautiful garden they'd ever seen. This, this is not what I wanted. Now, this is what Oscar Wilde wanted, so shut up. Now, all day long they played, and in the evening they came to the giant to bid him goodbye. Bye, Mr. Giant. Yeah, yeah, where's your buddy? The one that shit in the birdbath. The giant asked, since he loved that boy the most. We don't know. He went away. I played doing his circus. No, you must tell him to be sure and come here tomorrow. The giant said, worried about the chitron. We don't know where he lives, and he's weird. He poops all the time. A stealth pooper. And the news of this made the giant feel pretty sad. I mean, I hope the kid's okay. And every afternoon when the school was over, the chitron would come and play with the giant. But the little boy who pooped in his birdbath was never seen again. He's the only one I liked. Now, the giant was very kind to all the chitron when they came to play, but he longed for his little friend. Seriously, what happened to that kid? The bed bugs ate him. Oh. He died of cooties. What? Now, years went by, and the giant grew very old and feeble. Oh, my back. Now, he couldn't play with the chitron no more, so he sat in a huge armchair and watched them as they played their games and admired his garden. I have many beautiful flowers, but the chitron are the most beautiful flowers of all. He said Oscar wildlingly. Wait, what? That's a creepy-ass story, dude. I didn't ask for any of this. Whatever. Now, one winter morning, he looked out his window and he was dressing. Goddamn pants for a giant are expensive. He did not hate the winter now, for now he knew it was merely the spring asleep. I do. And that the flowers were resting. When in the story did I learn this? You fucking did. Okay. And suddenly he rubbed his eyes in wonder. Oh, fuck, here we go. For it certainly was a marvelous sight. Tell me it's a new wall. In the farthest corner of the garden was a tree quite covered with lovely white blossoms. Oh, God, weird magic shit. Its branches were all golden and silver fruit hung down from them. Okay. And underneath it stood the little boy that he cared for. Oh, good, you didn't die. And the giant ran downstairs with great joy. Well, I can't really run, my back hurts. And he sprinted through the garden. I, I have bad knees, too. And he did a cartwheel when he came near the child. God damn it, dude. And after doing a backflip, <laughs> he looked into the eyes of the chitron. Fuck, what the hell? And the eyes were all black. Huh? Even the white parts, it shouldn't be black. Fuck. And upon inspection, the giant noticed that the chitron was nailed to the tree by his hands and feet. What the fuck is up with the story? And the chitron just stared with his black eyes into the giant's eyes. Oh, God. Who did this to you, kid? I'll kill him. I'll, I'll, I'll protect you. <laughs> Said the creepy chitron. Oh, these are the wounds of love. Okay, I'm gonna shit in the birdbath. And the giant was pretty taken aback by all this shit. Who art thou? The giant said as he fell to his knees in front of the chitron. Who are you? And a Cheshire cat smile came over the black-eyed chitron. You once let me play in your garden. Yeah, you can play in my garden. Today you shall come with me to my garden. I'm going to your garden. It's paradise. No, thank you. And when the chitron ran to see the giant like they had always done, giant, giant. they found that the giant was lying dead under the tree, all covered with white blossoms. Oh, no. Let's poop on him. Nah, let's eat him. And so they ate the giant the end. Okay, so let's unpack that one. First of all, I don't like the way Oscar Wilde talks about chitron. Yeah, it's not hugging. Also, we edited out some kissing of chitron, which was weird. Mm-hmm. So what we learned? People gotta be nice to children. That's right. Stop being cunts to children. Also, writers are weird. Hey, scriptkeeper here. I hope you guys are digging Scatcast 69 and enjoying, you know, the whole catalog of shit. Not really. I do want to say thank you for all of you that took the time out to, you know, surprise me and give me gifts and things for my birthday. That was very kind of you. I'm gonna have to do this forever. Yeah, you guys know who you are, and I can't believe how awesome everything was and that cake and all the effort that went into, you know, making it happen. Yeah, that cake was really good. It was in a kitty litter box, you guys. And it looked like poo. With Oreo and graham cracker, kitty shits, and Steve. That yeah, was there. It was really good. Yeah, but thank you guys. That was through the roof. Awesome.
awesome. Well, very kind of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, let's do the show. Let's get it over All with. Alright, here's the next story. It's a little outdated. It's called The Forest Bride. Oh, here we go. It's Scott Kessner's rewrites. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, here we fucking go again. Yeah. Today's story was written by a Finnish person that hates you. Okay. And then translated into English by an English person that hates you. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. It's called The Forest Bride okay. by Parker Fillmore. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that hates you. Oh, so okay. buckle the fuck up. Once upon a time, there was a farmer. Hey-ho. And he had three sons. Bunch of lazy good for nothing. And one day, when the boys were grown to manhood, he said to them, My sons, what? you gotta get the fuck out of the house. Oh shit, what are you talking about, Dad? The eldest son said, You're too old, you're too expensive, get the fuck out. And the second eldest said, Just him, right? Nope, y'all gotta go. And the brothers were taken aback. When do you wish us to leave, Father? The youngest asked. Tonight, tomorrow, I don't know, as soon as possible. But where should we go, Father? The eldest whinged. I don't fucking care, but I do have a thought. And the three boys leaned in. Go out back, and each of you chop down a tree. Okay. And whatever direction the fallen tree points to, you know, go that way. Wait, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Oh, boy. Look, I'm sure that each of you, if you go far enough in the direction that it points, you'll find a suitable bride and you'll make your life. This sounds like pretty horseshit life advice to me. Mm. Yeah, this doesn't seem really well thought out. I'll do what you ask of me, father. No, shut up, you kiss ass. kiss ass. But it was decided the three brothers would chop down trees and follow the direction of the tree falling. Wow. Fuck, I hope the tree falls in the direction of a school. I haven't learned shit around here. Right. So the next day, the three sons chopped down trees. And the oldest son's tree fell pointing north. Fuck yeah. He exclaimed, knowing that to the north lay a farm where a pretty girl lived. I guess father's random superstition wasn't all that bad. Well, the second brother felt the same as his tree pointed south. Fuck yeah. He said, thinking of a girl he had danced with several times who lived not far down the way. That's where Becky lives. Oh, fucking Becky. Yeah, right, fuck. And the middle brother was happy. Fuck you guys, I love boobs. Now, the youngest son's tree. Oh, boy. And his name was Vico, by the way. Yeah. Well, when it fell, it pointed straight to the forest. Oh, that's gonna oh, be fucking great. Yes. His brothers laughed at him. What? What's the big deal? What are you gonna marry? A bear or a wolf bitch? Yeah, you're fucked. For what they meant by this was that only animals lived in the forest. And apparently they didn't realize that, you know, there was more land beyond the forest. Like I said, I hope there's a school in my direction. But they thought it was a pretty good joke at Velcro's expense. It's Vico. But Velcro said he was perfectly willing to take his chances and go where the tree pointed. I'm not afraid of the forest. No, whatever. Good luck with your bestiality. I see you guys. And the two older brothers went off on their way happily. And quickly they presented themselves to the women that they admired and began the courting process. Good luck, dickheads. And Velcro, too, started his journey off brave at first. I can do this. But after he had gone some distance in that scary-ass forest, his courage began to wane. Why the fuck did I get kicked out? I was the youngest. And as he tried to keep himself from panicking. Calm blue oceans, calm blue oceans. They thought to himself, how am I supposed to find a bride in a place where no human creatures live? And he was right to wonder. But just then, he came to a little hut. Oh, thank fuck. And he pushed the door open and went in. Hello. It was obviously empty. No, it's not that obvious. To be sure, there was a little mouse sitting on the table, yeah. daintily combing her whiskers. Gross. But you know a mouse doesn't count. No. Now, there's nobody here, Velcro said aloud. Yeah. But the little mouse who was taking a shit on the table turned around and said, Excuse me, I'm here. And Velcro looked at the mouse and said, Did you just shit on the table? It's my toilet. Look, you don't count as a person, you're a mouse. But the mouse was offended by that shit. Of course I count. Well, I mean, you are a talking mouse, that's interesting. But the mouse was curious why this strange motherfucker was in her house. What were you hoping to find here? And the brother, being an honest man, said, well, To be honest, I was hoping to find a sweetheart. And the little mouse questioned him further, and she listened to Velcro tell her the whole story of his brothers and the trees. Your dad's kind of an idiot. Yeah, well, my two older brothers are finding their sweethearts easily enough, Velcro explained. But I don't see how I'll ever find love here in the forest, and it will shame me to have to go home and confess that, you know, I failed. See here, Vigo. The little mouse said, taking his big old human hand. Why don't you take me for your sweetheart? Velcro pulled his hand back and he laughed. Well, my brothers were telling me I'd be into bestiality in like a week. Dude, I'm serious. And the little mouse was serious. Yeah, but you're just a mouse. Who ever heard of a man having a mouse for a sweetheart? The little mouse shook her head solemnly. Take my word for it, Vico. You could do much worse than have me for a sweetheart. I don't really see how. Even if I am a mouse, I can love you and be true to you. And Velcro 
looked at the mouse, and you know, he thought to himself, She is pretty hot for a mouse. She was a dear, dainty little mouse, and as she sat looking up at Velcro, Pico, with her little paws under her chin and her bright little eyes sparkling, Velcro liked her more and more. You know, you are very charming. And just imagine how big your ween will look in these tiny hands. And that was a complicated thought for Velcro, and he was kind of thrown off by it. Fuck, how do I have sex with a mouse? But then he thought all things are possible through the grace of God. Shit, my brother was right. I am going to have sex with an animal. But then the little mouse sang a pretty little song, and it cheered him up. Well, Vico, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Vico. Hey, 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 Vico. Well, that's the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And the little mouse made him happy. All right, baby. I'll take you for my sweetheart. At that, the mouse made little squeaks of delight. Touch my eight tits, you big burly bulk of a man. Oh, here we go. But Velcro had to go home. No, that's right. But she promised she'd be true to him and wait for him no matter how long he was in returning. Right. Well, I'll be back. And off Velcro went. It's fucking Vico. No, I got this, honey. Well, I got you back. Well, of course, when the older brothers got home, they were boasting loudly about their sweethearts. I saw her boobs. I like boobs. I touched her boobs. Boobs, boobs, boobs. All right, put your boners away. And the oldest boasted, My lady's boobs are so boobiful, I boob. And the middle brother was like, I boob the boobs so boobily. Calm down. Boobs. And the father regretted not teaching his children anything about sex at all. And the schools told me they were going to do it. And a fine job everyone's done. Yeah. Now, during this boastful session, Velcro said nothing. What's the matter, Vico? What? No, oh, nothing. I'm just listening to you guys talk about boobs. Now, why aren't you talking about boobs? Yeah, boobs, Vico. Oh, yeah, boobs, yeah. Now, does your sweetheart have pointy ears and sharp white teeth? Yeah, like a tail or fucking well, whatever. Well, I will have you know. Velcro stood up and puffed out his chest. You shouldn't laugh at me because I did find a sweetheart. Right, but does she have a tail? Yeah, that's what we're asking. She's a gentle, dainty little thing gowned in velvet. Gowned in velvet? Only princesses wear velvet. Yeah, you found a princess in the woods? Yes, I did. Gowned in velvet like a princess. Yeah, okay, buddy. Whatever. Well, when she sings to me in her beautiful voice, I'm perfectly happy. Bullshit. Now, by that, you're fucking an animal. He's totally fucking an animal. Or like a log. Yeah, a mossy log. And the brothers gave each other shit for three days. Hey, Vico. What? You'd tell me if you were fucking a beagle, right? Now, fuck you all off. And on that third day, the father came to them and said, Now, all three of you boys did what I asked you to do. You just kicked us out and told us to go find our way. And I did the tree thing. There's the tree thing. Remember the tree thing? Whatever. Well, the tree thing technically worked out pretty good. Right? Now, listen. I want to know who your sweethearts are. All right. We'll bring them over so we can show you their boobs. Boobs. No, no, listen. We're doing it traditional. You want me to etch a likeness of her boobs into some wood? It's traditional for the lady to bake a loaf of bread. Why? To see if they'll make good housewives. Well, that's super progressive. That should work out really good for everyone involved. Let's just get on that. Well, I'm certain my lady can bake bread. I know mine can. And Velcro remained silent. What about you and your nature, Princess Vika? Yeah, do you think she can have her servants bake some bread for you? I don't know. Velcro said calmly. But I'll definitely ask her. Now, of course, he had no reason for supposing that the little mouse could bake bread. How the fuck would a mouse bake bread? But by the time he had separated from his brothers and reached the hut in the forest, he was feeling sad and discouraged. Well, my dad's gonna reject my future mouse wife. And when he pushed open the door, he found the little mouse as before, seated on the table, daintily combing her whiskers. Oh, hello. And at the sight of Velcro, she danced about with delight. Uh, okay. I'm so glad to see you. She squeaked. I knew he would come back. Then when she noticed that he was silent, she asked him what was the matter. Um, and Velcro said, well, My father has requested that each of our sweethearts bake him a loaf of bread. Oh, well, that's very progressive. Yep. And if I come home without a loaf, you know, my brothers are going to laugh at me and my dad's going to judge you really harshly and, you know. It'll make you dating a mouse weirder. Yeah, probably. I see. Well, you don't have to go home without a loaf. The little mouse said. Wait, what do you mean? I can bake bread. What? Velcro was much surprised at this. I've never heard of a mouse that could bake bread. Well, I can. She insisted, and with that, she began ringing a small silver bell. What, what the hell? Instantly, there was the sound of hurrying footsteps, tiny scratching footsteps, and hundreds of mice came running into the hut. This hut's infested. Now watch it. Oh, right, and it turns out this little mouse was actually a princess, and she sat up very straight, dignified like, and she said to them, As your princess, go and fetch me each a grain of the finest wheat. And immediately all the mice scampered away, and soon returned one by one, each carrying a grain of the finest wheat. Excellent. And after that, there was no trick to it at all for the princess mouse. She just baked the shit out of that bread. There you go. Oh, that's the nicest bread I've ever seen. You know it, bitch. And the next day, the 
three brothers presented their father the loaves of their sweetheart's baking. I'll go first. The oldest one had a loaf of rye bread. Man, that's very good. The father said, for hard-working people like us, rye bread is good. And you should see her boobs. I said, put your boner away. And the loaf of the second son was made of barley. I check it out, father. All right, yes, barley bread is also good. I don't care for barley bread. Fuck you, Olaf. But when Velcro presented his loaf of beautiful wheat and bread, the father cried out, holy fucking white bread. My sweetheart made this for you, father. Well, old Vico here must have found a sweetheart of wealth. Oh, yeah, didn't he tell us she was a princess? Yeah, velvet gown and everything. Right, but she is a princess. Okay, so when she wants a fine white flower, how does she get it? Velcro answered simply. Well, when she brings a silver bell, and when her servants come in, she tells them what grains she wants. Goddamn. And then they bring them to her. Fuck you, Vico. What? Why the fuck do you get a rich girl with white bread? Hey, fuck you. And the brothers go to blow so much that the father has to separate them. I'll feed you all to the pigs. Now shut up. And he looked at his oldest son and said, Don't grudge your brother for his good luck. <laughs> each girl has baked the loaf she knows how to make, and each in her own way will probably make a great wife. Yeah. But before you bring them home to me, I want one further test of their skill in housewifery. He said like a dog whistle to the fourth wave feminists. Let them each send me a sample of their weaving. Purple hair's activated. What is traditional? Better red than dead. Fight the four olds. What's the fucking narrator talking about? I don't know. He's annoying. Just bring me some weave shit. And the older brothers were delighted at this, for they knew that their sweethearts were skillful weavers. Yeah, we'll see how white bread does this time. Yeah, fuck her. The two older brothers said to each other as they were sure in their hearts that Velcro's sweetheart, whoever she was. I don't know her name, actually. They wouldn't put them to shame with her weaving. Yeah, they're probably right. Vico too, had serious doubts about his little mouse's ability at the loom. Whoever heard of a mouse that could weave? He said to himself as he pushed open the door of the forest hut. Oh, there you are at last. The little mouse squeaked joyfully, shaking her little mouse ass a little bit and reaching her little paws in welcome and then excitement as she began dancing about the table. Are you really glad to see me, little mouse? Velcro asked. Of course I am. Am I not your sweetheart? Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for you and waiting, just wishing that you would return. No, you really are awesome. Does your father want something more of me, Vico? And Velcro put his head down a bit. Yes, I'm afraid it's something you can't give me, little mouse. Well, tell me what it is, and I bet I could do it. Well, my father's weird and, you know, old school. Women are property. And he wants a sample of your weaving. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're a mouse. How the fuck could you weave? Oh my god, Vico, of course I can weave. She said with great confidence. Wait, what? I got this, bitch. And again, she rang her little silver bell. Ring-a-ding-a-ding-a. And instantly, there were those scratches of hundreds of little feet of mice running around in all directions. That's hard to get used to. And they sat up on their haunches and awaited the princess's orders. Go, each of you. She commanded. And get me a fiber of flax, the finest that there is. And the mice went the fuck out and did that. Shit, I'm gonna tuck my pants into my socks. And one by one, they each brought her a fiber of flax. Wow. And when the mice had spun the flax and carted it, the little mouse wove a beautiful piece of fine linen. Fuck yeah, it is. It was so sure that she was able when she folded it to put it into an empty nutshell. There you are, Vika. She wow. said proudly. Here's a sample. I hope your father likes it. And he looked down at the tiny nutshell and he said, This is gonna blow their fucking minds. Yep. And when he returned home, he was almost embarrassed. Oh, yeah. For he was sure that his sweetheart's weaving would shame his brother. This is gonna fuck him up. But at first, he kept the nutshell hidden in his pocket. I still don't know how I'm gonna have sex with the mouse. Now, the sweetheart of the oldest brother had sent a sample of her weaving a square of coarse cotton. There you go, Dad. Check it out. Man, not very fine, is it? Well, I don't know. I'd say it's good enough. But, uh, mention her boobs. Now, the second brother's sample was a square of cotton and linen mix. Check this out, Father. Oh, there we go. That's a little better. He said, nodding his head. Hear that bitch a little better. Yeah, fuck you, Peter. Fuck you, Olaf. And then the father turned to Velcro. And you, Vico, has your sweetheart not given you a sample of her weaving? She did indeed. And Vico, reaching into his pocket, what? handed his father the nutshell. What the fuck is that? Would she weave you a sweater for your nutsack? Yeah, nutsack sweater. But their <laughs> laughter died as the farmer opened the nutshell and began shaking out a great web of the finest linen. Holy shit, Vico, my boy. He cried. However did your sweetheart get threads for so fine a web? And Velcro answered modestly. She rang a little bell. Her servants came out. She said, bring me the finest fibers. Then they did. And then, you know, they spun it. And then they had it carded. He said words I don't knowingly. And it was my sweetheart that wove the web, you see. Fucking wonderful. The father said. I've never seen such a great weaver. Yeah, but look at this again. 
grandfather. Yeah, no, no, mine's not bad. The other two will be great for farmers' wives. But Vico's sweetheart might really be a princess. Well, fuck you, Vico. Yeah, I'm so gonna kick your ass. And after breaking up the brothers because of boobs and jealousy and penises and whatever, the father said to his sons, It's time that you all brought your sweethearts home. I want to see them with my own eyes. Yeah. Bring them here tomorrow. Fuck me. And as Velcro was walking through the forest, he thought to himself, Well, she's a good little mouse, and I'm very fond of her. Certainly talented, smarter than me. But my brothers will certainly laugh when they find out she's a mouse. But then Velcro thought about it. I don't care if they do laugh. I have nothing to be ashamed of besides bestiality. She's been a good little sweetheart to me. And so when he got to the hut, he told the little mouse at once that his father wanted to see her. Oh, that's lovely news. And the little mouse got greatly excited. I must go in proper style. And once again, she rang her little bell. And this time, a little coach made of a hollowed-out nutshell pulled by five fucking rats came roaring oh, out. Fucking yikes. And the little mouse princess seated herself in the coach with a coachman mouse on the box in front of her and a footman mouse on the box behind her. There's also snipers in those trees. She said, pointing to her secret service mice. Oh, fuck. But despite the impressive nature of all of this, Velcro thought to himself, fuck, my brothers are really going to laugh at this. But he didn't laugh, and he walked beside the coach and told the little mouse not to be frightened. Yeah, again, I got snipers in the trees. But he ignored that, and he said he would take good care of her. And my father's a good man, he said. I mean, he's kind of stuck in the past, but he'll be kind to you. Now, on their way, when they left the forest, they came to a river which was spanned by a footbridge. And just as Velcro and the nutshell coach had reached the middle of the bridge, a man met them, coming from the opposite direction. Oh, look at you, freak shows. He said, mocking the strange sight. What the hell is that? He said as they clumsily stooped down to look. Hey, careful, asshole. But as he stooped down, he put his foot out and it pushed the coach, the little mouse, her servants, and her five plants and rats. All off the bridge and they fell into the water below. No! What have you done, you cocksucker? I was just looking at your rat nuts. You fucking son of a bitch, you've drowned my poor little sweetheart. Well, you're fucking rat nuts. And the man, thinking Velka was crazy as fuck, hurried away. No, no, my love, no. With tears in his eyes, he looked down into the water. You poor little mouse whose name I didn't know. Right. How sorry I am that you are drowned. He sobbed. You were a faithful and loving sweetheart. Now that you're gone, I know how much I loved you. And as the tears streamed from his face into the flowing water of the river, you know, magic shit happened. Wait, what? He looked up to see a beautiful coach of gold drawn by five glossy horses go up the far bank of the river. Wait, what is that? It's a coach of gold. Try and keep up. Wait, what? Inside the coach was the most beautiful girl in the world. Well, guess who? And blah, blah, blah. She was pretty and her skin was good. Nice hair, boobs, whatever. Nice, dude. She was dressed in pearly velvet and she beckoned to her Velcro. Nice. And when he came, she said, Why won't you come sit beside me? What, me, me? He said, still in shock after witnessing magic shit. Yes, you, you jackass. Um, why would you have me sit next to you? You were not ashamed to have me for a sweetheart when I was a mouse, she said. And surely now that I'm a princess again, you won't desert me. A mouse? Velcro said, doing the mathingly. Wait, were you the little mouse? The princess nodded. Yes, I was the little mouse under an evil enchantment which could never have been broken if it had not been for you, <laughs> making me your sweetheart, <laughs> and then me being drowned. Well, that's pretty specific. Right, but now the enchantment is broken forever. Well, that worked out pretty good. Right, so let's go see your father, get his blessing, we'll get married, and, you know, go have lots of sex. Sounds good. And that's what they did, and blah, 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 the father was really proud and blown away, and blah, 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 the brothers were super jealous, and blah, 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 they were like, oh, it's because of the tree. Oh, dude, why are you going through so fast at the end here? Yeah, schmackety Velcro complained to the narrator. God damn it. Blah, blah, blah. Velcro and the princess got together because he was simple and good and even kind to a little mouse. Dude, there was a lot of story there still. Yeah, yeah. He became a prince. Shit was real corrupt. He ended up dying in battle or something. What? The end. Okay, that last little bit seemed rushed, but then you children are asleep, so it doesn't matter. That was the forest pride, and its moral values, imagery, and language hold up exactly to today's standards. And also we learned, follow where the tree lands, because no one on the earth knows what the fuck's going on either. Okay. Bye. And so this leads us to our final story. Yeah, I wish I wasn't part of this. This is a new fairy tale from the Three Dog Down collection, uh, and it's called The Grim Reaper and the Doggo. What is with you? Steve, this could be the beginning of the Chronicles of the Grim Reaper and his buddy, Charlie the Ghost Peagle. Yeah, I'm just gonna push the button now. Okay, that's fair. It's Scott Kessner's Three Rides. <laughs> really fairy tales, but whatever. Well, we're doing more of this shit. Fuck this shit. And we saved the worst bullshit for last. I don't want it. I don't want to either, but here we are. This is another tale from Three Dog Down. No. It's called The Grim Reaper 
Chipper and the Doggo. And it makes you wonder, do all dogs go to heaven? They're gonna kill the dog. That's that chicken. Once upon a time, there was a grim reaper named Death. My job is to murder things. And contrary to popular assumption, Death doesn't live in hell. Well, I have an apartment in New Jersey. But it's not like he spent any time there. He was always busy. Well, people are always dying. Multiple times a second, he was doing that thing that Death did. Killing for God. And just like the tales of the Grim Reaper, you know, he wore a long, hooded, dark cloak. I really should take this to the laundromat. And he carried a fucking scythe. Well, there's been kind of an uptick in crime in the afterlife. Now, you might be wondering, how long has Death been dead? Long fucking time. Well, our Death is not the original Grim Reaper. No, I inherited this position from a guy named Andy. But he had been murdering folks and ushering them into their afterlife. Right this way. I was just fed the lions. You sure were. For thousands of years. And I'm kind of tired. And recently, he had spent a lot of time thinking about not being Death no more. I need a fucking break. Nearly every moment of every day was the same for Death. It was just kill and kill and kill. And each time a person would die, he would lead them through the Valley of Death. Well, follow me. Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? Well, you were murdered in an alley. Yeah, well, where the fuck are we now? We're walking through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Wait, we're in the Coolio song? You should take a look at your life and realize you're fucked. But it was hard for people to realize they were fucked. No, I ain't that. Uh, yeah, you are. And then Death would pull back his hood and show a skeleton face that was really scary looking. You ain't got no skin, dude. Uh, that's right. Or he'd do like a really hard card trick that no human could do. Uh, is this your card? Well, you have that card get in my butthole. Because you're dead, dude. Figure it out. And on and on it went. I'm sick of this. Now, each and every time he went through the Valley of Death, he listened to people complain. Like, this is not fair. I want to talk to your manager. Oh, too bad. And they try and bargain. Now, are you sure there's nothing I can do? Nope, you're fucked. You're telling me you don't have a little skelly cock underneath those robes? Oh, I what? It's a little sucky sucky. And oftentimes, they would even try and escape. Look, you can't escape the afterlife. You can't get me, bitch. And come to find out, lots of people have to be drugged through the shadow of the Valley of Death. I want to go back to my body. No, we're not doing that. And after death would drop each soul off for judgment. I got another one, Pete. Oh, hey, death. Well, I'll see you in one second. Yeah. Wait, why am I here? Oh, I'm Pete. He was death. You died. Am I going to hell? Well, you did die wearing an Imagine Dragons t-shirt, so we could go lenient on you. Oh, they really did have some good songs, right? No, no certainly not. I was kidding. Treat the hell. Now, in death's experience, almost everybody that wants to go back to their life. Everybody. All right, everybody's doing it so that they can do things for themselves that they want to do over again or fucking fix or whatever you know. You know the Selfishness. Thing. Right, and heaven and all that shit, they're super against that. That's right. And so death is very much hardened to the cries and pleas of the people that want oh, to yeah. stay in their lives. That's right. Dude, ignore me. Well, I'll kill you. Never mind, let's do this. Yeah. Now, the biggest problem of death's job, according to death... It's that I have to kill dogs. That's right. Dogs have just enough soul to where they have to be killed by the Grim Reaper. It's sad, really. And that sort of job wears on you. I don't want to kill any more dogs. And you know that saying that all dogs go to heaven. Well, There's one exception to that rule. Yeah, he's a good, good boy named Charlie. And this is Charlie, the non-heaven-going doggo story. But there was more to my story. We're doing a sub-story. Shut up. I'll kill you. Right, sorry. Okay, yeah. so death... Yeah. Uh, one day goes and meets a dog. His name's Charlie and he's a beagle. And as far as beagles go, Charlie had a hell of a life. Yeah, I really did. He sired many litters. Yep. Sniffed countless butts. So many butts. Humped a lot of legs. They called me Charlie the Leg Humper in my puppy class days. And he had eaten a copious amount of his own species poop. Oh, I love poop. And he licked a lot of faces right after. I've stunk up a lot of faces. But on this day, old Charlie ate himself a little too much chocolate cake. Yeah, I shit myself to death. And that's when he got to meet old death. Well, hey there, Charlie the Beagle. Oh, wow, nice scythe. Well, thank you. You want some cake? Well, no, thank you. I'm here to take you to heaven, Charlie. Damn it, I really died. Yeah, but death by cake isn't terrible. Well, I don't really want to be dead. Yeah, but Charlie, all dogs go to heaven. Right. And heaven's a magical place. Right. Well, can I eat poop in heaven? Oh, no, there's no poop eating in heaven. Well, I can lick my balls in heaven, right? Well, there's actually no private parts mm -hmm. at all. Full castration, huh? Well, there's just no need for it. Well, can a dog go get a snossage or what? No, we actually all eat clouds. Yeah, you know what, Death? No thanks. Well, you can't just say, no, you ate the cake and now you're dead. Well, you sure there's nothing you can do for me? Well. Now, oftentimes, when people pleaded to stay in their lives. Come on, look how cute I am. I'm a beagle. Well, death was immune to their crash. Look at my little eye eyebrows and puppy dog face. Yeah, that is cute. I have a little boy at home. He wants to be my body forever. Oh, right. And some about the look in that beagle's eye, probably the beagle eye. That's the thing we do. Death offered something he'd never done before. All right, you cute little bastard. Yeah. I don't recommend you take this, but... What is it? I can extend your
life, but you have to trade me your soul guts. I can keep licking my balls and eating Imes, lamb, and rice. Yeah, but when you die, you can't go to heaven. Done. Where do I sign? When Charlie the Beagle signed a contract with death with his little doggy paw. I call him Puppy Beans. I signed with his little Puppy Beans. Well, remember, Charlie, I will be back. See you later. I'm going to go get me some sausages. And off went Charlie to be the sweet little puppy that he was. Oh, Charlie. And three years later, death was still grumbling about his job. I just need like two weeks off. He wins. There's just so much poop involved in the death process. Mm. But on this day, he returned to see Charlie the dog. Oh, fuck. Hey, Death. Well, hey, Charlie. Looks like you drank your own body weight and antifreeze. Yeah, it tastes so good. Yeah, well, it killed you, Charlie. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, but you know you can't go to heaven. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I hope it was worth it for you, Charlie. Well, it was the first year, and then they well, snipped my nuts. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, they stopped giving me sausages. Well, Charlie, those were your favorite. Yeah, and little Timmy, my boy. Oh, yeah? He doesn't even like me anymore. Oh, but Charlie, that can't be. You're a beagle. Yeah, I ate his homework a few too many times. Oh, Charlie. Homework is delicious. Well, now it's really time to go. Well, where am I going? Well, I'm not sure, Charlie. You traded away your option for heaven. Does that mean I'm going to hell? Well, you could also spend your eternity being a ghost. Okay. Which is pretty terrible. Right, ghost beagle. Or you could be cursed to purgatory forever. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad. Well, it's where all the monsters are. Oh, okay, I don't like that. Well, well. And then as before, the beagle asked a question. Is there anything you can do, Death? No. Something that could extend my life? Well, Charlie, you keep eating things that are stupid. There must be something. You let me trade my soul. What do I have left? Well, there's still probably some creamy spirit juice. I'll trade it. You can have it all. Just let me go back. But for the first time in a long time, Death was taken aback. I don't know, Charlie. You'll end up in hell as soon as you die. Fuck it. Have you ever had a sausage? And once again, Charlie signed a contract with Death. With my puppy beans. Oh, Charlie. And off Charlie went to continue his lifelong quest to piss on carpets and eat all the sausages. See you soon, Charlie. And sometimes during the day, Death would pull out a jar with little Charlie the Beagle's soul inside oh. and a bunch of spirit juices. Oh, Charlie. But after about six months, he had to return to see the dog. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Charlie, you have a tapeworm. Yeah, I got all kind of worms. Well, not anymore, Charlie. You're dead again. All right. And you see, Charlie had had enough, for Timmy the boy that had loved him had grown up. Actually, I shit on his bed, and he kicked me out into the doghouse, and I just live in the doghouse now. Well, again, not anymore, Charlie. Death reminded the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now what? And the dog was right to ask. Well, you've got to go to hell, Charlie. All right, well, how bad can that be? Well, there are snossages. Really? Yeah, but you won't like them for long. No, they're going to shove them in my butt, huh? Oh, yeah. And at this point, the Grim Reaper had kind of grown fond of the old dog. I wish I didn't have to send you to hell, Charlie. Well, the beagle gave him one last beagle eye. Well, Mr. Death, you've been pretty good to me. Well, Is well, there anything I can do for you? And the Grim Reaper thought about it for a second. Well, you know, Charlie. Old Death had an idea. I could really use a break. Okay. But I'm about done being Death, Charlie. Snossages? Now, listen, I choose my successor. Now, my dog, what? Well, Charlie, I could let you become me. Wait, I could be Death? There's no rules against Beagles being the Grim Reaper. Fuck yeah, where do I put my puppy beans? Well, hold on, Charlie. There's a lot of responsibility. Do I get to kill people? All day, every day. Do I get that cool cloak and scythe? A custom made. Then I don't have to go to hell. It's a deal of a lifetime. Just show me where to ink my puppy beans. And from 1997 until 2018, Death was a good boy named Charlie. Yep. Bet you didn't know that. Follow me. Oh, dude, death is a dog, dude. I noticed you had some snossages in your pocket. And when Charlie retired, they made a special place in heaven because you can't put a puppy in hell that's fucking stupid and evil. I'm in a sub-heaven with Episcopalians and nice atheists. Oh, yeah, and that old death, the guy? Yeah, remember me? Yeah, they remember you. He was reincarnated into a dog. I can lick my balls now. And he figured out a secret to life. Is it snossages? It's that all dogs go to heaven, mm, kitty no. butthole, oh, except no. for Charlie. It's purgatory, but there's snossages. Yes. The end. All right, so that was seven and a half minutes that so you could never have back. I don't like anyone in that story. That's because there was no character arc or redeeming characteristics. Why did you tell us that story? It's called a filler story to waste time. We didn't want this to be a 20-minute episode. You're a cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. See you next time. From California, favorite human in the world and wife to me, Mrs. Scriptkeeper! Yep, love of my life right there. And starting at Shitbox Wizard, from Indiana, Donald Fisher! And starting at Discord, Dookie Slayer from Ohio, Chris Brooks! <laughs>
Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks. And starting at Scat Cats Quartermaster from Texas, 900 time Time Suck Trivia Champion, Bodie Sonietta! That's right, Bodie Sonietta. Dipshit Files Researcher. Also starting at Button Pusher, Steve the Button Pusher guy. That's right. And then we have, you know, Tim the Intern, who sucks. Yep, that's right. That's good, that's good on you. Info at scatcast.com. Scatcast.com for merch. Yes, Tim sucks. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast to help us. Five bucks a month gets you the inside scooper, which gets you all sorts of extra shit. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present time. <laughs> Bing, bong. David Nagerson, DC this week.